1: Greetings, conversationalists, welcome to Terry Eric here across the nation. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-973-7425. We need to talk about what happened to at Joel Osteen's church. And it's interesting to me how it's being covered by the American media. Joel Osteen's church in uh, Lake—it's Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas. Let me read you the headline that ABC News says. This is the actual headline of the story at ABC News. Free Palestine written on gun in shooting at Lakewood Church, but motive a mystery. This is a paragraph at CNN. The shooter used an AR-15 that had Free Palestine written on it, according to a federal law enforcement source. Investigators are trying to determine whether she was politically motivated or a disturbed individual, the source said. Now, this is a situation where two good guys with guns stopped the bad guy. The woman entered the church accompanied by a child between four to five years old and began to open fire. Two off-duty officers were present, a 28-year-old Houston police officer and a 38-year-old agent with the Texas Alcohol and Beverage Commission. Both with less than five years of service, the two officers immediately engaged the shooter and she was struck. It appears in the process one of the uh, the child was struck. Uh, a man appears to have been shot in the leg. The shooter threatened that she had a bomb, but they could not find one. She was also spraying some type of substance on the ground. Authorities are were conducting a search of the facility. here's the thing that isn't getting reported. The shooter, they're referring to her as a woman. She identified as a he. Notice how that's not in the coverage. It's not in the coverage. This is a woman who, listen, listen, Can we just acknowledge that, generally speaking, when you go into a church to shoot it up, uh, you may have political motives, but you are also deranged. What's happening in this case is the media is working very hard to try to make sure that this isn't being tied to the situation in Israel, despite the fact that the woman wrote Free Palestine on her gun. Seems the political motivation is there for all to see, but the media chooses not to see it. It's very much the same situation with the Joe Biden issue, where it is clear for all to see that Joe Biden is not in his right mind, and yet uh, they don't want you to talk about it. They don't want you to see it. They don't want you to recognize it. And yet it is an emperor has no clothes moment uh, for the Biden administration that all of us, if you can see, if you can hear you can recognize there's something up with joe biden and yet the media wants you to dismiss it in the same way with the shooter the woman writes free palestine on her ar15 she identifies as a he and goes into this place with a four or five year old and tries to shoot up the place and has stopped now notice how the lack of media coverage and the lack of media coverage is twofold one there's not a casualty list other than the shooter If multiple people were killed by the shooter, there would be more media coverage, but it would still be far less than if it was someone perceived to be a right-winger shooting up the place because this is a left-wing, free Palestine, Hamas-supporting transgender activist. They're downplaying the coverage. Of course they're downplaying the coverage. It's what they do. When someone on the left is a mass shooter, the media shuts up as quickly as possible. Look at Audrey Hale, the shooter at at Covenant uh, in Nashville, transgender identified as a man they refused to use her male pronouns they um, danced over the fact that she was trans and possibly using uh testosterone or other drugs that could cause all sorts of mental issues they wanted to downplay that they had no curiosity about the manifesto none whatsoever till it was leaked by stephen crowder and then they attacked him instead of actually covering what was in the manifesto that they wanted to downplay it as much as possible they did not want to amplify a, a left wing shooter. Now we have this. But more disturbing and directly, directly connected to it is the free Palestine written on the gun. if you are outraged at what is happening in Israel right now, your outrage should be with Hamas. Israel wouldn't be doing what it is doing but for what Hamas did to Israel on October 7th. How quickly we can forget. Tucker Carlson is at some point global summit saying the United States should be pressing for a ceasefire in Gaza. No, the hell we shouldn't. We should be pressing for the elimination of Hamas. Hamas is a terrorist organization that has killed thousands of people and brought tyranny to Gaza. Every single person who is dead is a result of what Hamas did. You know, the reality is that Israel spends a lot of time notifying people where attacks are coming. Israel has been trying to evacuate Rafah, The city of Rafah in southern Gaza has a massive number of people, including many people who fled there when Israel invaded the northern part of the Gaza Strip. They all moved south there along the Egyptian border. It's a massive area. And now Israel is moving into that area, and they've been trying to evacuate the people. They've notified the people of what was coming. They've notified the people of where they needed to go. They notified the people to get out of the way. And their civilian to bad guy ratio of deaths is actually considerably lower than most urban fighting Member of the British Parliament, I, I don't have the, the I don't have the audio for you, I'm afraid. Uh, but a member of the British Parliament who is an expert in or, urban warfare is in the in the House of Lords. Was actually last week commending Israel on on the civilian to military death ratio because typically uh, it's five civilians die for every real bad guy in an urban warfare situation, and in Israel it's two to one. Still more civilians than Hamas operatives being killed. But typically in an urban street fighting scenario, the civilian casualty rate is massively higher. Israel actually notifies people where they're going to move to. They notify people of the troop movements. They notify the people of Gaza when they're about to blow up a building, when they're about to send a missile in. They notify them to get out of the way. To the extent that they're not able to get out of the way, often it's because Hamas blocks them from being able to get out of the way because Hamas wants to use them as human shields and maximize civilian casualties to draw outrage on Israel. The American military, or the American press corps rather, uh, takes a um, disdainful approach to covering the American military. Takes an even more disdainful approach to covering the Israeli military. The Washington Post, for all intents and purposes, is controlled by a bunch of Hamas apologists. They are routinely attacking Israel, routinely lying about Israel, routinely trying to undermine Israel, and they're inciting violence and crazy in this country, undoubtedly enough crazy to walk into Joel Osteen's church and try to commit a mass shooting directly related to the coverage. Listen, if the media can go out and attack Donald Trump and say he's provoking violence among white nationalists in this country. They can tie him to the Charlottesville, Virginia situation and say he provoked it and he's he's dabbling in racism and he's provoking racism. Notice how they never do that to the left. They never do it to the Democrats. In this case, you got a woman, a trans man or whatever you want to call her, she goes into the church with free Palestine on her gun, wants to commit a mass shooting, and they're like, well, you don't know if it was politically motivated or deranged. If Donald Trump provokes some sort of violence, the media would say they're deranged, but also politically motivated, and Donald Trump's to blame. But we're not going to blame the squad for provoking this woman going in and shooting up church. We're not going to blame progressives. We're not going to blame the Washington Post biased coverage sympathetic to Hamas. Nope, nope, nope. We can't do that. So we got to say, we don't know what the cause is. I'm afraid it's going to get worse before it gets better because there is no media accountability. There's no media accountability. There is no willingness to speak truthfully, and the truth is very straightforward. Every person who has died since October 7th, Jew or Palestinian, died because of Hamas, not because of Israel. Every Jew, every Palestinian who has died, has died because of what Hamas did. Israel is not to blame. The thing that the media conversations in the United States and even the the diplomatic and political conversations in Washington miss is that the Israelis are very unified, For all of the talk in Western media about the hate for Netanyahu and the people are tired of Netanyahu and Netanyahu needs to go – the Israelis are operating a multi-party coalition government right now, very unified in the destruction of Hamas. And this gets missed in the American press conversations. It gets missed in what you're told by the politicians in the United States. There are deep political divisions inside Israel. And what Hamas has done is united the country in the desire to eradicate Hamas. You don't really hear inside Israel loud conversations and large numbers of people saying we need to get rid of Netanyahu. and We need to find a path out of this. We need to find an off-ramp peace. You hear Americans talking about an off-ramp to peace, and that's all well and good for Americans to talk about an off-ramp to peace because 2,000 of them did not die when Hamas sneaked across the border and started beheading children and throwing babies in ovens. True things that happened that members of the media, you will recall, tried to deny actually happened. In fact, the American press corps and American politicians have spent more time lying about the atrocities of Hamas than they have actually uh, covering accurately what's happening in Israel. Hamas should be destroyed, and we should note the loud voices in this country provoking the crazy to violence, to storm into churches and engage in mass shootings, to hunt down Jews and commit violence, to tear down the pictures of the hostages. All the violence is coming from the left. All the violence is provoked by the lies being told about what's going on and the blame being placed on Israel. Israel's not perfect. Israel's done things it shouldn't do. There are ways to improve situations and issues there related to the Palestinians. But at this point, at this time, what happened is the nation was at peace until Hamas came across the border on October 7th and committed atrocities. And every single person who's been killed since, should blame it on Hamas. And you will note all the people who claim we want a ceasefire. We want a ceasefire now. They want Israel to have a ceasefire. Israel offered a ceasefire. Hamas rejected the ceasefire. And they're not blaming Hamas because now they've decided, well, they're oppressors, so they don't actually have the power to offer a ceasefire. Israel has to do it. They keep coming up with an excuse to cover for evil. The evil on display comes from Hamas not from Israel, and that evil has in this country provoked a shooter to go into a church and attempt a mass shooting, but two good guys with guns stopped the mass shooter so the media will not cover it and give it inordinate attention because it was good guys stopped the bad guy, and the good guys did so with guns, and all of this flies in the face of the intersectional coverage of the woke American press corps. But everyone who's been killed, Hamas is to blame.
0: You can follow Eric around on social media at EW on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And check him out at EWErickson.com. can be live on Eric's show by calling 877-97-ERIC. That's
1: 877-973-7425. Greetings and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. You're uh, happy to call in. Y'all, can we talk about Volkswagen for just a moment? They they had a a cute ad uh, in the Super Bowl last night. A buddy of mine who was watching the game with us from the front porch last night he, he said, you know if they if they trotted back out the the uh the bug the the beetle and they made it electric they could call it the lightning bug I think that's a great idea but they wanted to show the history of Volkswagen and ironically interestingly, for some reason hmm they started that history in 1949 Volkswagen predated 1949 wonder why wonder why they 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 didn't want to cover the pre-1949 history of Volkswagen see anybody uh yeah the the, the Nazis yes uh, they would have had to you would have had to see a picture of Adolf Hitler during the the Super Bowl and Volkswagen decided to oh my god I mean good for them for promoting the the, the the VW and the history in the United States and making it a very American thing but uh, yeah that, that could have gotten really awkward for them. it really really would have been an awkward thing. And then can I just say that I, I'm I'm uh, being outraged about something is a choice and I'm just choose not to be outraged by uh, lift every voice but I do think it's just uh, a fascinating portrait of the left that they believe and feel emotionally that uh, they couldn't just do the Star Spangled Banner. They had to do a quote-unquote black national anthem so that black people felt a part of the celebration. Uh, Are they not Americans? It's an interesting window into the mind of the left. Now, Americans for Prosperity knows the mind of the left and knows how to fight them, and they've been very aggressive in fighting for school choice, uh, for energy reform, for common-sense solutions that are conservative-driven to limit government and improve our lives. They want you on their team. They knock on doors. They educate voters. Right now, you know, in, in my area, they're going into districts where Republicans are opposed to school choice, and they're knocking on all the doors in the areas telling people, you know, uh, Don Parsons is opposed to school choice. We want you to be educated on the issue, and, and other districts as well. Yeah, Don Parsons, those of you in the Atlanta area, is vocally against school choice. AFP is taking the fight to them, raising awareness about their opposition. They want you on their side. You can be an effective door knocker, learn how to go to your neighbors and persuade them to do the right thing. Go to your state legislature as well. You go to americansforprosperity.org. americansforprosperity.org. Go sign up with Americans for Prosperity. Be an effective conservative activist in your community. Join over 4 million activists nationwide with Americans for Prosperity.
0: Smart, fearless, and occasionally funny. You're listening to The Eric Erickson Show.
1: Greetings. It is Eric Erickson here, the phone number eight seven seven nine seven three seven four two five. Should you wish to be on the program, I want to go take a phone call. Julie, welcome to the show. Julie, how are you?
2: bye thanks. Love, love your show. Thank you. Um, just, just to add another layer, uh, to me anyway, the first thing that hit me when you mentioned the Shooting in Houston was the fact that it was transgender. I just thought it was out of the number of trans, you know, about of shoot, you know, mass shootings. It's such a rarity, and being trans, you know, transitioning and all that is such a rarity. I just connected that with the one in the Christian school down south and thought. Geez, when you mentioned that it was a she transitioning to he, and I thought of all the sports people with all the uh, jokes and things on people on high steroids. That would this have happened if it was two guys transitioning with estrogens? You know what I mean? Right. And, yeah, and yeah. Does, well, you, you know, does you... the transitioning, uh, all that propaganda induce a lot of hatred? That that with that extra boost. Uh, I just wondered if that... that there there party, actually but... is...
1: Um, there are a number of people who have spoken out on that. Now, I, I don't know the particular situation with this person. Uh, I saw one report that said it was a a he transitioning to she, but it actually, uh, based on the police record, appears to be um, a, a she transitioning, Yv- Yvonne uh, transitioning to Jeffrey uh, and uh, had not actually gone through officially with with, um, changing gender, was transitioning, and there actually is uh, a number of credible doctors who have come forward and said, forget this situation, it's too recent to know, but in the situation uh, in Tennessee with the shooter who shot up the Christian school there, that there was some evidence of the girl taking uh, uh, drugs that could cause aggression and and mental issues, um, high doses of testosterone and otherwise, uh, which yeah. actually can. Uh, and, you know, for example, um, the uh, – I just take uh, – you, you've heard of roid rage. And roid rage is typically for, as I understand it, the, the bodybuilders who do steroids. They, they go beyond just standard testosterone. There are varieties of steroids, and the steroid is not testosterone uh, supplements. It's additional drugs. And they have to come off of those drugs uh, because they don't want to fail their test, so they get it out of their system, and that's provokes the rage uh, as, as they're the, – it's kind of the, the coming off – weaning them off provokes the rage. But, however, there is ample evidence now that for – in the transgender community, when people are transitioning, particularly it's women transitioning to be men, they're on such high doses of testosterone that it alters – Uh, their mood patterns, their emotions, and and can bring on rage and other issues. And there are credible people, credible doctors, who have suggested this could play a role. But, of course, the media, by and large, doesn't want to cover those things and and raise questions about um, those who decide to transition. So we can't get the full story. Now, we got to talk about the border. There's a very interesting report. So... If you go back to the Obama administration, one of the very notable aspects of the Obama administration was how few people leaked. Very few people in the Obama administration would uh, spill the beans on things that were going on behind the scenes that uh, could reflect poorly on the administration. They, they were a very loyal bunch. Contrast that with the Trump administration, and everybody leaked. It was, It was very fractured, the Trump administration was. There is now a story in the left-wing Axios about how Biden, quote-unquote, botched the border. This comes as Democrats have said they intend to campaign on uh, the allegations that Donald Trump botched the border. Aboard Air Force One en route to tour the southern border in January 2023, President Biden sat at the head of his conference table and exploded with fury. The president lit into his team, which included then Deputy Chief of Staff Jim O'Malley, Dylan Homeland Security Advisor Liz Sherwood Randall and other immigration officials, he demanded obscure immigration data points invented when his staff didn't have them handy. The previously unreported meeting, recounted to Axios by three people familiar with the events, is emblematic of the Biden administration's struggle with the border crisis during the past three years, infighting, blame-shifting, and indecision. Biden's fury subsided, and aides scrambled for the information he wanted. People in the meeting later told others in frustration that his winding process and irritability were making it more difficult to reach decisions about the border. The White House countered the meeting was productive. Spokesperson Andrew Bates told Axios that, quote, multiple firsthand participants in the meeting refute this description of the tone and outcome of a conversation on the specifics of this complex issue. Um, It's notable they're throwing the boss under the bus again when it comes to immigration. Susan Rice referred to the uh, Health and Human Services Secretary Becerra, who had been the attorney general of California after Kamala Harris as a, uh, well, uh, uh, used the B word and the A word, and also called him an idiot. Wow. Vice President Harris's team tried to avoid any culpability, saying that her responsibilities, quote-unquote, began and ended with root causes in the Northern Triangle countries in Mexico. Uh, One former Biden official said that Harris was, at best, ineffective. This is the quote, she's been at best ineffective and at worst sporadically engaged and not seeing it was her responsibility. It's an opportunity for her and she didn't fill the breach. Then there's an attempt to throw Jake Sullivan under the, the bus because National Security Advisor has rarely handled border issues. So he put uh, Sherwood Randall in charge. A sign of her inexperience came early on when she asked an official on her team for a memo explaining the differences between refugees and asylum seekers. She's well-liked by her colleagues, but some believe she's in the wrong role. Uh, Alejandro Mayorkas disagreed with Joe Biden's 100-day halt on deportations, pushed the president to do more. This, by the way, is one of the things I've heard behind the scenes with Republicans, is that uh, Mayorkas is actually behind the scenes way better and more honest with them That in public he uh, is a Biden loyalist and in private he's willing to criticize them. In fact, White House officials uh, limited and pushed against having Mayorkas on television until a few months ago. And sought to downplay issues um, because they're just not sure whether or not uh, Mayorkas would be helpful to them. During one meeting... When Joe Biden was tearing into his Homeland or his Health and Human Services Secretary about the situation of the border, Susan Rice passed Alejandro Mayorkas a note that read, Don't save him. Oof. The Biden administration has been listening to immigration advocates outside the administration, which have a a hard line on letting people into the country. The White House generally didn't want to talk publicly about immigration or the border for much of Biden's first three years, feeling it would draw attention to a political vulnerability. Publicly, the White House also initially downplayed jumps in illegal border crossings as normal ebbs and flows, even as internally people were saying it was significant, including the Secretary of Homeland Security. So uh, there are a couple of things going on, and my impression of the story is, one, this is part of it. uh, The backbiting is really beginning within this administration in a way it never happened with the Obama administration. People on the Biden administration are turning on each other looking for scapegoats, and notably, one of the people who is becoming a scapegoat is Joe Biden himself. They're blaming him. Another unmistakable aspect of this is people are trying to signal that Mayorkas is the reasonable guy. Now, again, I don't expect you to believe it. I I really don't, but I do want to explain it to you. The number of people in Congress who have said to me essentially that behind the scenes, Mayorkas is far more reasonable than he appears in public. He is far less of a team player and far more open to criticism of the Biden administration and what's happening at the border than he is in public. Uh, and that at one point he told them, if you if you get rid of me, the next guy is going to be far more progressive. It doesn't matter at this point; they're going to impeach him. They failed in the vote last week, but Steve Scalise has returned now. They're going to impeach him, deservedly so, I think at this point. But just for perspective, some of the Republicans who have been somewhat uh, okay with uh, with Mayorkas have behind the scenes they're saying, well, it's because the next guy would be worse, and he's actually far more reasonable behind the scenes. Then what you would realize. But the whole problem here is the gross incompetence. The wheels are falling off. This policy position by the Biden administration, it's becoming a big issue. And I want you to think about and focus on something here. What is their strategy? Axios is a pretty liberal news site. They use phrases like pregnant person and unhoused Pretty progressive. And Axios has a deep dive story on the Biden administration. They're at each other's throats. They don't know what to do. They've been advised by progressives on the outside who have alienated them from where the American public is. They're stabbing each other in the back. They're blaming Joe Biden. They're blaming the Secretary of Home of. Housing and Urban Development, or or Health and Human Services, rather. They're blaming Kamala Harris as ineffective. They're blaming the actual national security, deputy national security advisor who's in charge of it, as being overwhelmed by her job. They're blaming each other. They're blaming everybody else. What were they going to do? They were going to blame Donald Trump. The Biden administration is right now in the pages of Axios online attacking each other, stabbing each other in the back, descending into argument against each other over their handling of immigration and the border, and their strategy was going to be to blame Donald Trump, that Donald Trump scuttled a bipartisan Senate deal, so Donald Trump was to blame. Donald Trump doesn't want to solve the problem because Donald Trump wants the issue in politics, and they can't even execute on that because they're so busy blaming each other for all the problems. It's actually remarkable to see. They're blaming each other. They're attacking each other. It's it's very funny to see them do this. It's it's very funny to watch the uh, the Biden team savage each other. They can't even keep their eye on Trump. They cannot focus on blaming Donald Trump because the truth is coming out. They're blaming each other. They've been incompetent the whole time. They made the problem worse. They chose to ignore it for three years. They were afraid it could highlight a political liability for Joe Biden. And remarkably, knowing it was a political liability for three years, they didn't try to come up with a solution. And we now know from this reporting, they didn't come up with a solution because they were being advised by progressive activists. And in being advised by progressive activists, they wanted more people crossing the border. And in fact, the Secretary of Homeland Security advised Joe Biden not to pause deportations, and Joe Biden, on the advice of the progressive activists, chose to ignore his Homeland Security Secretary and listen to the progressives instead. Joe Biden, in fact, is to blame for the problems, including putting Kamala Harris in charge of it, and his administration can no longer keep their mouths shut. This is what we have to look forward to by the Democrats on the way to November, and Democrats outside the administration notice it, that the wheels are starting to come off, there's no unity left. And that helps Donald Trump. This issue helps Donald Trump. And they all know it does. Now, I want to help you, and I want to refer you to my bank Old Glory Bank. OldGloryBank.com. In less than eight minutes, you can get a bank account with Old Glory Bank. Uh, I have an account with Old Glory Bank. I've got my kids set up with them. Uh, my kids get cash, and we can take it to There are 85,000 retail locations around the country. We can go to drop off the cash, and it gets uh, credited into their account. So they don't have physical banking branch locations where I am, but we can still take care of putting cash in their accounts. It's fantastic. Uh, it works. You could, They've got great online bill pay apps. They've got great apps for budgeting. They've got a great online system. You can do checking and savings accounts, and you absolutely no fees whatsoever. You can even do loans with them, VA, FHA, conventional. They're a real bank, and they want your business, and they're a conservative banking institution that is focused on uh, helping conservatives, particularly like gun owners and, and gun stores and pl- places like that that are getting uh, debanked by left-wing groups. You'll never get debanked. They share your values. They are conservatives. They want your business. You can get an account with them in eight minutes or less. Just go to oldglorybank.com. Terms and Conditions apply. member FDIC, equal housing lender, oldglorybank.com. It really is my bank. It can be yours, too.
0: You're listening to The Eric Erickson Show, the perfect blend of news, analysis, opinion, and cooking. Yeah, cooking. Want Eric's Weekly Recipes? They're super delicious. Text RECIPE to 33777 now.
1: Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Well, the New York Times has asked a neuroscientist to write a guest essay. Here's the headline. I'm a neuroscientist. We're thinking about Biden's memory and age in the wrong way. Special counsel Robert report, reported which he declined to prosecute the president for his handling of classified documents included a much-debated assessment of Mr. Biden's cognitive abilities. As an expert on memory, I can assure you everyone forgets. It's normal to be more forgetful as you age. Broadly speaking, memory functions begin to decline in our 30s and continue to fade into old age. However, age in and of itself doesn't indicate the presence of memory deficits that would affect an individual's ability to perform, blah, 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 blah. I can't speak to the cognitive status of any of the presidential candidates, but I can say that rather than focusing on candidates' ages per se, we should consider whether they have the cap- capabilities to do the job. Public perception of a person's cognitive state is often determined by superficial factors. Memory is surely relevant, but other characteristics, such as knowledge of relevant facts and emotional regulation, are likely to be of equal or greater importance. <laughs> Except... We got this Axios report that the president is prone to outbursts and temper tantrums. Wow. Um, They're doing everything they can, except um, this is, let's see, The first they have a conversation between Gail Collins and Brett Stevens about uh, this is not the way Team Biden drew it up. Then they have uh, Doug Sosnick, who was an advisor to Bill Clinton, saying Biden can't count on Trump's unpopularity anymore. Uh, Then they've got the David French piece, uh, Yes, Biden's Age Matters. And then they've got the Maureen Dowd piece, Mr. President Ditch the Stealth About Health. I mean, bombarding him. When we come back, I actually want to spend time with you on this. What would it take to get Joe Biden out of the race? What does it look like if Joe Biden decides to get out of the race? What would happen on the Democratic side Uh, There's growing evidence, panic among Democrats that he needs to get out of the race, but there's no real willingness at this moment to pull the trigger. But what could be happening behind the scenes and how would they proceed down this path? Would it lead to Michelle Obama or others? I'll analyze it for you based on the rules of the Democratic National Committee and their convention, uh, the precedents at play. I I, I got some answers for you to questions y'all are all asking yourselves. Right now, let me ask you to go to omahasteaks.com slash eric today because you can get an incredible deal at omahasteaks.com slash eric, my own personal URL. If you go right now, you get 50% off site-wide, and you get eight free burgers. It's an incredible package. Let me give you the list of what you get, and you're saving 56%. You get four butcher-cut fillets, four boneless chicken breasts, four boneless pork chops, four gourmet jumbo franks, Four individual scalloped potatoes, four caramel apple tartlets, the fantastic Omaha Steak seasoning, and then you get for free eight Omaha Steak burgers. It's an incredible value at OmahaSteaks.com that you get by going to OmahaSteaks.com slash Eric today. Everything in this package is delicious. You will want more of all of it. The butcher cut fillets are great. So are the chicken breasts, the pork chops, the gourmet jubber freaks. The Omaha Steak Burgers, they're not just your standard ground, ground chuck. Um, they're a blended burger. They're really delicious. They grill up great. If you got one of those griddles like a Blackstone, they griddle well. OmahaSteaks.com slash Eric, you get 50% off site-wide and eight free burgers. OmahaSteaks.com slash Eric.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger